We have been duped by feminism, sexual liberation, and antidepressants. We have been told that we are powerful and free now as women, but we feel tired, wired, and bitter. We're mostly eating right, exercising, and meditating, wrangling to-do lists, and arranging playdates, and yet there's a haunting hollowness beneath the huge complaints. What if I told you that there is a huge storehouse, a reservoir of energy inside of you that has not been tapped, that you could feel light and pulsing, excited and alive in ways that a wellness lifestyle cannot deliver, that you could trust yourself, that the world could feel safe and that unexpected and expected delights could start to illuminate your path. No coach, therapist, doctor, or guru required. Just you learning to get real, present, and attentive with you. I feel like I'm here to matchmake your inner parts for the greatest love affair ever written. I want to help you learn first where you're buying eggs from the hardware store, which is the source of all pain. I want to help you master entering through the upset, which is the only spiritual practice you'll ever need and to get real comfortable putting on your villain crown, which is, in my opinion, the key to true power. And then you'll attune to your inner yes so you can live the life defined by the specific pleasure of who you are. I am so excited to announce my latest book called The Reclaimed Woman, which is available for pre-order now. So if you head to the link in show notes, you can learn more about bonuses, events, and companion offerings. And I cannot wait to see your gorgeous face on the path. I'm Dr. Kelly Brogan. You may know me as a New York Times bestselling author of a book with an exploding pill on the cover, renegade psychiatrist, pole dancer, or honorary member of the Disinformation Dozen. What can I say? I'm a born provocateur. I've spent most of my recent life exposing deceptions, connecting dots, and discovering the secret places my inner victim is still waiting to be liberated. And now I feel called to help you reclaim all of your parts, your health, your sexuality, your power, and your expression so that you can finally truly own yourself. I want to ignite in you that inner knowing and the pulsing vitality that lives beneath your disempowerment, disconnection, and resentment so that you can audaciously, courageously, and playfully alchemize your struggle into the specific pleasure of who you are. This is Reclamation Radio, a Soul Fire production. Hi, and welcome back to Reclamation Radio. I'm Dr. Kelly Brogan, and I am here in conversation with, I say conversation rather than in song, because it's a little bit strange to have an interview with a musician and vocalist with Dominique Zuniga, who is an artist, an educator, a musician, a vocalist, and an inspiration to human beings the world over. She, to me, is my weekly private vocal coach and a huge, huge part of my reclamation process, really a muse in so many ways. And as I have expressed, it was around December of last year when I woke up one morning and thought, okay, 
there's something else in this body, you know, that I have to meet. And it has to do with my throat, with my expression and something to do with turning what had only ever been like a literal scream, you know, in my own cathartic therapy space into something beautiful. And how could I work with the instrument of my body to access a dimension of myself that I had relegated to like someone else's lane, right? So I was going to stay in my lane because singing is not my lane. And of course, as we reclaim these aspects of ourselves, it requires that we move into the lanes that we've only ever imagined we don't belong in. So I am super excited to be in conversation with you, Dominique, and to share your gifts, your wisdom, and really just the energy of your presence with my audience. So thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Such an honor. Like, yeah, it's been such an honor to host you, like, and guide you on this journey, deepening your connection with the voice and just witnessing you bring out new depths in me and just have this connection. So yeah, thank you for having me. So one of the ways that you always open up session is to share this framework that I'm here to teach you and you are here to teach me, which sounds comical because if you head over to her Instagram or her Spotify, (laughs) you might imagine that I don't have a lot to teach her when it comes to the realm of singing and vocalization. And we have had this beautiful experience that I think characterizes so much of what happens between women and specifically and especially women who are interested in this mutual expansion, right? This reciprocal relationship and this kind of like all boats rise, which is what I have found in the realm of pole dance and my dance experience is that the women I've encountered in my life recently have been specifically interested in my personal expansion and don't in any way exhibit a sense of being threatened by that. Right. And I guess it's maybe even just like my medical training or some sister woundology that I was working with earlier in my life where I, I sometimes guard against the sense that a woman who is more proficient, more skilled than me at whatever it is that we're working on and she's working on with me is going to feel threatened by my growth and my expansion. And, you know, that's the classical mother wound, right? That I can't get bigger than my mom because I'm going to get punished. So I have to attenuate and stay in this small box and never for one second have I had that experience with you and quite the opposite, you know, that you put me in this space with you that I I feel in many ways, I barely belong. But I, I do think that it's the reality that women, when we're ready to create and restore and invest in this fabric between us, it's almost like there are all these women's hands waiting, you know, to, to sort of like move us through these different birth canals of our life. And so I would love to start Dominique, with just some of what you've shared with me and what you're comfortable sharing about your journey. I don't normally start my interviews this way because I think it's a bit like, oh, tell me your story. You know, it's like a bit like cliche. In your case, I actually feel like this is one of the most essential elements of igniting others around vocal, what I'm calling it like vocal reclamation. I don't know what a better term is, but is the fact that you have very humble origins, you know, when it comes to the relationship that you had to your gift, right? When, when someone hears you singing today, 
for them to know that you came from a place where you you didn't know necessarily that you had this inside of you, I think is, is a huge part of the alchemy that then you can pay forward to the rest of us who would otherwise presume that you were born like this, you know, that you were born this way. And when I first heard your story, when you shared it with me, it really helped me to anchor in the excitement of potential and possibility. And when we last had our, our session, you said, you know, you encouraged me to reflect on my progress. And I told you, I could really feel like, wow, I have made so much progress, like coming into a sense of ease with my voice, you know, with my body as an instrument. And that progress is the delight, right? So I wonder if you could share with us your voice journey, you know, like what was it like for you to, to start out with a sense of disconnection from this gift and to be in the place that you are now where you are internationally recognized, acclaimed and have opportunities and business and everything that has manifested because of this gift. Ooh, thank you for all of that. There's a lot of gold in there. First, I just want to reflect on a few things and then I will share my journey with the voice a bit. How you expressed like creating a space of safety is so important for me and for my students. Like it is so important for me to take down the mask of like the singer archetype and connect human to human, like beyond this role that I play, beyond this identity that we all play we are just bare raw bone human to human is very important for me to like create that space of safety and vulnerability especially with the voice because it's so intimate and so vulnerable just to really connect our heart to heart so thank you for honoring that and i've experimented with this like over the years of teaching i've experimented with having not shared my story and I can feel an energy of almost like feeling threatened or feeling intimidated, more of a disconnection from the audience. And then when I share my story and just like bear my raw soul, there is this sense of, oh my God, if she can do it, I can do it. Oh my God, like that is inspiring. Wow, feeling a sense of connection, you know, a sense of humbleness, a sense of gratitude. and. I think it's just important like to honor that we all have such divine gifts within all of us. We like have the ability to move, to shape, to speak, to dance, to create. Like we're human beings. We're not inanimate objects. We are so powerful. We can create new worlds. And whatever we literally put our mind to with the power of our will, we can manifest and create. So it's so important, I feel like, to honor like the seed the journey of how it all began because people often see just the surface like wow this is amazing this person is you know people tend to put people on a pedestal without having seen like the battles that they've had to fight to get to where they are now and it really comes from a genuinely humble place of like I know that I've earned the space in my throne. I know that I've earned every single step of the way in this sense of self-mastery and masterful skill, but I also honor that there's always room to grow and that I came from humble, humble beginnings. And as so it's very important for me to honor like 
every time I open the space, you are my teacher as much as you are my student. In many ways, like if we look at life as everybody as a teacher, I feel like we can actually grow and learn so much more. It's very important to stay humble. So thank you for really honoring that and and receiving, taking that in and reflecting on my journey. It's just so profound. Like I never imagined that I would be a singer at all. I grew up really suppressed by my father. He was Saudi Arabian. He raised me. My mother was in prison and he was an alcoholic and physically abusive. And I remember coming home feeling like I was walking on eggshells, very afraid to speak my truth, get alone sing. It's like not at all in the cards. I mean, I had a straight path like paved for me. It's like, come home from school, do your homework, sleep. Like just everything was very straight. I was going to go to an all girls Catholic high school, become an attorney. Everything was like just straight. <laughs> what pays the bills? And, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have a room to think freely or to ask questions, you know. And eventually when I was 13, things just got so, so bad. They took a huge turn and I literally just felt like, wow, I really want to take my own life. It's like either my dad is going to kill me or I am like, I can't live this way. I feel so suppressed and unhappy and disconnected, like from my true nature. Like, how is it possible that we're just born to pay for our houses that we're never in, to pay for our cars that get us tuned from work, to breed a whole generation of essentially just slaves what it feels like and just die like there has to be more to life than this and at 13 is when my whole life took a turn and my father got arrested and I ended up in a group home and in the foster care system and that's when my life as an artist truly began I felt just dropped like alone there's nobody else just you who are you? It was like really looking myself dead in the eye, like what is important to me? What matters to me? And I remember like life not making any sense, just seeing so many adults, not having any idea what was going on. Like there's no map to life. They have no idea what they're doing any more than I do. This is like an improvisation. What are we doing here? <laughs> and I remember art being my place of refuge it was like the one place where I felt safe where nothing could make sense and it could be okay I remember taking like sticks from the earth and like pine cones and just like painting them splattering paint having like crazy emotion and then like refining them and making like a mess of art and it not making any sense but feeling incredibly at peace, feeling like this is a safe space for chaos to commune with the infinite. And it just felt so at home. And one day, this woman in my foster home, I, I heard a voice and it changed my life. Like, I thought it was the radio. And I remember coming out of my room and I just saw her like playing the guitar and singing. She had like crazy punk rock hair and she just looked very wild and free and she was playing the guitar and singing and I heard so much like angst in her voice, so much raw, wild, feminine, but also like very angelic and peaceful. But beyond that, what I saw is that she had found a place within herself 
that no matter what happened in her life, she always had that place anchored within her that was untouchable, that she was totally at peace with herself. And she found a pillar of gold through her voice. And I just kind of saw that and was like, man, if I can do that, I'm going to get through anything in this life. And so that's when my journey began of just like constantly just pouring myself into my voice. And it's been 13 years. And there's this quote that says, if you want to learn how to be good at something, you have to suck at it first. And I love that quote because it's so accurate. Like literally my first five, six years, I was just terrible. <laughs> like hard to imagine. <laughs> terrible and yeah it's just been a long humbling journey ever since there's so much to share on that and just not sure how much um, no that's perfect you've told me about a time where you felt able to like access even an expanded range of your voice right so it's like not only that you would describe your voice as like terrible or there was like a shyness and you were sort of like scrappily learning how to like play the guitar and not sure, you know, whether you were a performer or just like somebody experimenting and playing around. But there was this moment, right, where you started to connect to like the gift itself, right? Like that there's way more here for you than, you know, you ever suspected. I remember you told me that. Yeah. Okay. This is the gold nuggets. Thanks for extracting that. Yeah, so for those five years, I realized that I was singing from a place of wanting to sound like somebody. I was singing based off of my condition, based off of like, this sounds pretty, I want to sing like this, or this feels good, I want to sing like that. Looking up on YouTube, getting an old beaten up guitar and trying to learn how to play it just so I could feel supported with my voice. So it was years of just this like kind of chasing something outside of myself. And one day, yeah, my whole life changed. My artist name is, is Zemsway. And I started a club in high school called Zemsway. It's an acronym for Zen, Enlightenment, and Metanoia, which means spiritual awakening. And S for Sophrosyne, it's Greek for healthy mind. My whole life changed at like 16. I remember my English honors teacher offering me two books, which changed my life forever. It was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And by that time, I had hit rock bottom. I had just been arrested. I was around hard drugs. Everything was just shifting. And those books, they somehow just hit me. Like everything was very simplified. And I started to do yoga and meditation every day and started to really dig deep for kind of this metaphysical world. Like there must be a deeper world that exists beyond what I can see. I want to get in touch with that. I want to feel in touch with myself, with source. I want to feel connected to everything. Like, how can I feel that? So I started this club Zemsway, and it was kind of like a like a call for my my people, my tribe, like-minded beings. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Like, I was so shy and awkward and just watching so many people, like, come. I'd Put a bunch of snacks a bunch of enlightened books and a bunch of instruments i didn't know how to play and just sit there awkwardly and like watch people arrive and not sure what to do with myself and one day this native american man came uga man and he looked at me like he knew me better than myself and he helped me so much he just started to come and he would drum and kind of support the space and 
one day when he was there, he was drumming and I could start to feel the energy gathering, like creating a space of connectivity with Source. And one day I just was singing with him and I just like, like this note just like came pouring out of my body. And I just remember I was just shaking and crying and trembling. And it was like such an angelic high note. And I was like, holy shit, like... I was just crying and shaking and looking at him and I couldn't believe that happened. Like it came pouring out and for a really long time, like I could feel it like just coming through me. And so that was a pinnacle moment as a vocalist. I didn't even identify myself as a vocalist at the time, but like it was a pinnacle moment for me where I realized, holy shit, this has nothing to do with me. This is much greater than me. It's about what I want to allow to come through me. Like, I am just an instrument. I'm an open vessel for the divine to come through me. What happens when I let go of my worldly attachments? What happens when I let go of my shell, of the stories I tell myself of who I am, attached to the labels and what I do, you know, and, and just really allow myself to empty and, like, listen and allow this pure energy to flow through me and, like, literally, like, drop my jaw, open my mouth, relax my shoulders, just completely soften and dissolve into emptiness. Like that's when the sorcerer of the song came through. That's when the channel started to come through and my whole journey began essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think many would define what you're describing as the essence of the feminine, right? To become this channel you know, for this supernal energy to just move through and whether it's through, you know, whatever kind of expression is native to your body, whether it's through voice or movement or other, you know, sort of creative endeavor. And I also know that you create a lot of masculine structure, you know, for your life and in your approach. And that's part of why we are a match, right? Because if I just you know, met with you and you just channeled, you know, <laughs> divine sounds in front of me, I would be at a concert, right? I would like buy tickets and be at a concert. But because you also have a relationship to what I would describe as, you know, that sort of masculine container, that masculine structure, and you do honor and value technique, there is this bridge and the ability to translate and guide and share, you know, through this sort of woman to woman ignition, you know, what it is that you experience. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the relationship between technique and structure, and also this kind of improvisational energy, because when I first saw your video on Instagram, I, I think somebody had tagged you when I first announced <laughs> that I was going down this path. And when I first saw your video, I mean, I can remember the sensation inside of my body. It's one I've had before of experiencing another woman's feminine gifts and feeling it in my body as a simultaneous, like deep bow, like a devotional bow. Like I see you woman, <laughs> like you are a creation to behold. And also this like hunger, like I want the feeling that I know she has in her body. Cause I can feel it in mine. I want to create that, you know, from my body. And it's the same feeling I get when I watch women dance, you know, like it's like this deep admiration. And then also this simultaneous, like 
bring me with you, woman, you know, I want to come with you. And when we first started working together and I started working in your digital programs, I could see like, this woman is actually like very organized around her approach to educating, you know, and your relationship specifically to, you know, what you refer to as like world scales, like different kinds of musical scales beyond like do, re, mi, you know, kind of a thing. And also your relationship, which I think you would describe as devotional to practice and to the commitment to the support, refinement and investment in this, you know, instrument that is your body. So how do you sort of see that? Because I'm very interested in polarities, right? So I'm very interested in sort of like, how does this channeled feminine energy work with technique and structure? Because a lot of what we do together is, you know, structured, right? It's like many repetitions of, you know, a specific sound or tone. And then it's like very specifically making sure, you know, that I am hitting the right, you know, note if I'm learning something that you've channeled, literally like a, a melody that you've channeled, like in the shower. And for me, that's fascinating that it's, it's both because it also makes it accessible. You know, it's like the feminine, you know, water needs the banks, you know, in order to travel between spaces. So how over the years have you come to relate to these like seemingly different spaces? This topic excites me so much. Yes, it is like the laws of nature. You know, the tree, in order for the tree to grow, it needs to have the root, the base, the earth to ground upon. You know, the water needs the banks to flow. It is, I feel, for self-mastery to really take shape. I feel it is essential to bridge not only the feminine sense of devotion and emotion and feeling and just pure surrender and awe, but also the technique, the refinement, the self-discipline to really commit yourself like every day to refining your sound and getting to know each key, each scale with such like intimacy and devotion and then bridging those worlds of like having that knowledge gives you that freedom having that knowledge gives you that confidence having that knowledge then you'll be able to fly even stronger you know and i see this a lot in spiritual communities so i'm really happy to talk about this because it gets a little bit slightly triggering to be honest and to be mindful of what i say but it's fucking triggering <laughs> like because you know but I am I'm also humble with it because it's been I was that person like for years I just devoted myself to the voice I found the channel I found the source and I was like oh my god this is incredible I'm a singer like I can sing but once I joined the opera and I got training once I started to play with masters I was like holy shit there is a profound level of self-discipline and self-mastery I mean these people study every day these people dedicate their lives to it this is their life like they are completely devoted to their craft I mean my muse my huge inspiration and former partner Hernan Suarez incredible musician the first time I saw him play I was mind blown it was like he had come back from war like he had been in war for lifetimes and he was a musician and he finally had the chance to play 
and he's multi-instrumental as world musician. And the first time I saw him play his handpan, I mean, it was like he was gonna die. Like he, like it was the last chance he'd ever have to play his handpan. I've never seen somebody get so many different sounds. I mean, he was playing with his knuckles, he's playing with his fingertips, with his elbows. I mean, there was so much emotion. It was a journey. It was like he was like running, but then also crying and then softening and then making love. Like I could feel so much life in me as he was playing. And I remember, like, it was honestly just playing with masterful musicians that made me realize oh my god let's get serious let's honor the foundation let's honor technique i started investing in teachers i started investing in coaches i was like i want to know my craft i want to know the spaces in between i want to know the silence i want to feel my voice before it becomes sound i want to commune with every like fabric of my voice like before i let it out you know it started to become a practice of deep discernment and devotion at the same time. It's like so many people want to be heard. So many people want to be special and want to be seen. But how often can we have the will and the self-discipline to really like refine our craft? And so I have a lot of respect for those masterful musicians that I've had such a deep honor to play with that have helped me commune with that level of technique and self-discipline while also honoring my deep devotion and in my emotion. So I find this often in the spiritual community where a lot of beings will connect to the source, they'll wake up and they'll find the channel and then automatically just like, okay, I'm a singer and go out and start teaching and, you know, doing these things, but without respecting the ancient theory behind it. I mean, there are three, like what we're doing, the classical Indian scales, like that is an ancient theory based off of 3,000 years of masters, like keeping that knowledge alive. Like it's been passed down for lineages, them keeping it alive and constantly refining it and finding new theories and new scales and new codes. It's like vocal coding, like ancient theory is essentially like vocal coding. And once you crack those codes, you can start to play and have more freedom within that container. So for me, it's like truly the key to mastery is having that ancient theory and also that ancient wisdom and that feeling and the two sandwiched together is just like so beautiful. Totally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm seeing when you're talking that it, it really is like there's a mature masculinity that's required to not only honor the impulse. So there was some moment in your path where you had this impulse that might've seemed crazy. Like I want to sing. Right. And even for me, a few months ago, I had this impulse that seemed kind of quote unquote crazy. Like I want to sing, right. I want to learn what this whole singing thing is about. And to have that strong masculine container that, that does not shame, dismiss, or otherwise like ignore, but creates the space to honor that impulse. And then recognizes like the humility of the beginning of the journey, right? So at the beginning of the journey, there are certain steps that you take to be like initiated onto a path, but the path never ends. Everybody knows that, right? So it's like the masculine pursuit of mastery is predicated on failure and continued failure and never completing, right? That's a mature masculine energy knows that and actually enjoys that. Right. So I feel that in, in what you're saying, this like space that you've created for your energy to move 
And that is so much of what I have really cherished in, in working with you is your relationship to emotional alchemy and what it is to tap into these huge, maybe even collective, but they don't need to be because they're always also personal reservoirs of emotional energy and to really work with them alchemically and also to, to use your voice as a therapy, right? Like as an instrument for reconnecting to the self, let alone, you know, inspiring others to do the same. And so in my experience, and for those who are beginning to explore their, their voice, their songstress, you know, I, there was so much shame. I mean, there would be times I would feel like, oh my God, I made the noise in front of the woman, you know, like this is this basic shit. And I would feel like simultaneously so proud. And also that I had done something so terrifying that just tears would, you know, start, you know, flying down my face. And and that has happened many, many times in this process of bringing myself to be witnessed in my vulnerability, as you said, you know, to the eyes of a, a loving, caring, supportive woman. So we'll pause here for a message from our sponsor, my membership community, Vital Life Project. So if you want to hang with me, ask me questions in live coaching, get free access to my masterclasses, curated content, discounts, and to the incredible humans that I attract. My membership, Vital Life Project, is where it's at. It's the only membership of its kind, and you'll shed your struggle, transform your victim story, and level up your reclamation game with others who get it. Join at the link in show notes and at kellybroganmd.com. But you've also instructed me and guided me very deeply and specifically, like I'll mention two examples, and then I just want you to share, you know, how you relate to singing as an emotional alchemy tool, because I know you do that probably on the daily. And one of them was you were encouraging me to, I think we, we were on Zoom and you had it, you had me on mute. So that helped, <laughs> but you, you encouraged me to use my voice, but more the energy behind my voice. So really to use my body to call to, to express to like a woman who was being raped in an alleyway, right? So you sort of painted this picture for me and this woman is you know, being violated. And I, and I have this opportunity to use my voice. Like how would I use my voice to disrupt, to signal, to command, to take claim, you know, on that space. And it was so, I mean, I could cry now thinking about it. Like there's just something about that, that prompt that is so raw and so reminds me on a soul level what the voice is really about. You know, I do a lot of talking, <laughs> but it's it's just one little sliver of what can happen when you use your body to influence, right? To inspire and really to connect. And I remember you taught me also this scale, this melody, right? And as I was learning it, you prompted me to sort of feel that I was like, right? Like marching with this like army of women, and just like, even that phrase, like, you know, any woman listening to that, you know, it's like, you can start to feel it in your tissues. Like, what would that feel like to like march, you know, like singing with an army of women there is, and it's not with the intent 
to really do anything, you know, necessarily. You didn't say like, so you could trot up, you know, on the man. It wasn't like that. It was, it was just like, you're with these. It's like this, this relooming of the fabric of sisterhood. And those two examples stand out in my mind. And I know you've also told me, you know, like when you're in the shit, like go find a little space and just like make sounds until you, you know, reconnect to yourself. And this is so foreign to me. It's so foreign to me, you know, as somebody who would like take a paper and a pen and write out my thoughts and feelings instead, or, you know, maybe later in my embodiment process, you know, like maybe sit down with like a hand on my body and like find the place that's feeling the thing and then talk to it, you know? So, so I would love to know, you know, how you sort of see the voice as not only a personal, you know, therapeutic tool for emotional alchemy, but even collectively, like what is your grand vision maybe even for, you know, what could happen if more and more women come online or come into connection with their singing voices as, you know, as a dimension of themselves that they now have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Wow, beautiful, phenomenal, phenomenal. Burn. So much to share. So I firmly believe in the power of rites of passage, these initiations, that things don't come to you easily. I mean, they do, but you can always go so much deeper. And the more that you give yourself to that thing, the more it'll give itself to you. And so that's what I've discovered with the voice is that it has its own essence. There is like this collective voice, I feel, in a sense, this collective roar for all the women who have been shut up before us, for the women that will come after us, for the women who are getting killed in Iran for not wearing their hijabs or for wearing their hair down and wild, or the women who are getting, you know, literally their genitals sewn shut, who could not speak and say stop. Like, there is a whole collective voice, especially with women, I feel that has been just shoved and suppressed for the women that have been raped and could not speak because their mouths were muffled. Like we are singing for them, for that collective, for their freedom. We are bringing them home. This is our roar. This is our reclamation of the sacred feminine through our voice. It is so potent and powerful. And we leave ripples throughout the collective. We leave an imprint for generations. Like it is the most powerful tool that we have because it is within our body and because it is so vulnerable and so intimate. You know, we have meditation and we have yoga. It has become quite common and mainstream to like work out your body and move your body. You know, it's, it's kind of more mechanical. It's a bit more task oriented. But the voice requires such depth and such devotion to really touch the alchemy of source, to really feel that veil, like becoming more thin and just feeling your connection to all that is in your power. It really takes such deep emotion and cathartic release. So it is so important for me to invoke these sort of cathartic scenarios because essentially as a human species it seems like it is easier to love ourselves through the eyes of another you know if somebody else reflects to us like oh you're so amazing you're so beautiful it's you know maybe not for all of us but it hits differently than if you were to say it for yourself 
you know it's like almost more believable or when human beings have purpose it's like we're designed to have purpose we we must have purpose to feel like sufficient human beings and so i love invoking cathartic scenarios where you have to sing for a purpose where it is almost a rites of passage initiation so that you can really feel like all of the layers of like how should i sound like is this right you know all that mind chatter just peel back to the pure source of that just like just that grit that like pure feeling the feeling in the gut the sacred feminine because I feel truly like deep within us all as a human species within men and women but specifically women as being like the sorcerers of life itself we are the threshold between life and death we bear life from our wombs we choose you know we want to create life like no man would exist without a woman we are creatrix we have the power of creativity right within us accessible to us all the time i feel it's a matter of not learning but simply remembering you know how to access these codes that are already within us and creating that spaciousness that container of potency of power of depth of purpose of you know, to really connect to that, to that source. And for me, in my journey, the most potent revelations I've had with my voice was through, like, powerful retreats through my teachers, having cathartic scenarios where it was like my life depended on how much I was able to use my voice, you know? And sometimes it doesn't mean, like, being hard or fast or strong. Like, the voice is such a feminine thing. Being strong you can be strong but also be very soft and delicate in our western culture we're taught do 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 work harder to get results but with the voice it's such a feminine thing that you can really refine it and be strong and be powerful but in a very soft soul trembling way so yeah there's much depth and emotional alchemy to be unraveled especially when relating it to all those women who have not had the chance to have their voices heard like we can now. It's holofractal, right? You know, because when we step into claim of our embodied, you know, tools and gifts and portals of expression, it shifts, you know, the capacity, of course, you know, for others to do the same in this, you know, sort of morphic resonance kind of a way. And I know that, you know, while there is an energy of, you know, this is our moment as women, you know, to, to stand together, to stand our ground against all that has all the transgressors and perpetrators, some of the most powerful moments of alchemy that I've had and that I've experienced have been in that sort of more like tender space in that vulnerability that you're describing and I know that, you know, when, when you've guided me, like your voice can be huge. <laughs> your voice can be loud and big and take up a lot of space. And then you can sing also like this, like sweet, like little whisper, almost like a little girl, you know, kind of a, a sound that is as powerful. And that to me is disruptive to this idea that power, like feminine power looks one way which is initially how I was attracted to expressing my 
my songstress, if you will, was like, you know, I was like super interested in like, like how big a sound, you know, can I make? And one of the exercises, practices, I don't know, that you took me through or we did together was to, I can't remember exactly, maybe you remember how you prompted me, but to sing sentiments to, you know, somebody that I wanted to connect to in devotion. And I chose my father member and you had prompted me to speak to, you know, his mother and to him through song. And it was like, oof, <laughs> my God, that was like one of the most powerful experiences I've had, you know, in the past year. And that is saying something was so vulnerable and so intense. And the way that you prompted me to like come into this like intimate space of expression, but not through, through spoken word. To me, I felt like whatever we did that day <laughs> was like for the women of the world. I mean, it literally had that that feeling. And so I know that there is a, a connection that you inspire and that you embody that comes from these like deep spaces. I think many of us have, you know, sort of cordoned off in the shame realm, you know? So like, I wonder what you would say to a woman who is intrigued by what we're talking about, but also feels like, well, I could never do that. That sounds like cringeworthy, you know, or that sounds like too, you know, just too vulnerable, too much. Like how, how do you recommend, you know, that women interact with the shame that we have adopted and then, you know, we've, we've self-domesticated, right. That we have kept ourselves in this grid of behavioral appropriateness and avoidance of our own vulnerability and tenderness, like, because of this, you know, maintenance of that shame wall, as I would call it, you know, so any sort of, I don't know, ways that you would recommend people begin or enter. That was a beautiful, beautiful one. Wow. So the best thing that the voice has taught me is to love and accept every aspect of my being, even when it's most difficult. So the more that I fall in love and accept like every part of myself, the more I just hear it in my voice. You know, it's such a reflection of my soul. And I think that depth that you're hearing, that range, the highs, the lows, the big, the soft, the quiet, I would say to this woman who is, you know, going through shame and vulnerability and feeling uncomfortable, feeling like this might be too far out of reach for her to really exercise your ability to feel safe communing with the depths of your being, because it's not about perfection. We're not striving for perfection. It's not about sounding beautiful or sounding perfect. I believe that this comes from this shame ultimately is sourced from a precondition of thinking that we need to sound a certain way or be a certain way. Society has bred us to be almost like auto-mutants, like perfect, you know, to the T, like do this, do that, cross your keys, do this, and it's very inauthentic. I celebrate authenticity. I celebrate depth. I celebrate full spectrum, raw humanness over perfection 110 percent i think that this is a part of creating this sort of new earth 
paradigm. This is a part of the reclamation of our system, of our conditioning, is turning authenticity as the new perfection, depth as the new perfection. You know, the reason why I've been able to reach so much of a range in my voice is because I've sat with my pain and I've made it my best friend. Because I've sat with my grief and I've made love to it. Because I've sat with my shame and I've just, you know, kissed it and sang to it. I've turned all of those things into a song. I've learned to alchemize the most sticky, raw, uncomfortable bits of being human and sing it home. Just sing to it in a way where it just feels fucking good to my being and it reminds me who I am. And it doesn't always sound beautiful and that's okay. It's that journey of accepting the full spectrum of your raw human nature and loving yourself every step of the way through the voice is what actually shapes and refines the voice into such a crystal. You know, it didn't sound beautiful in the beginning. It became beautiful because I learned to love myself more and accept myself more in, in every way. And I learned to let go of my expectations, my attachments to how I should sound and accepted where I'm at now. And it's a continuous journey, continuous humbling journey of letting go of how I should sound and how I should be. But the creatures that really inspire me the most is the kids, like in indigenous tribes in Africa. These primitive kids are indigenous tribes in Brazil with the Yawanawa. Like they're so young and they have such a primitive force of nature look in their eyes. They're not singing to sound beautiful. They're not singing to hit a certain key. They're singing for a fucking god. They're singing to connect to source. Their feet are stomping on the ground. They're full on like, hey, like just so like with a bunch of colors and syllables rolling out of their mouth. Like they're just, you can feel the life force energy exuding out of them. And they're so young, but they have such a force of nature in their eyes. And they're so primitive and so deeply connected. And when I look at those kids, I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's see each other home. And it's favorite thing, like in in-person retreats with women like as you were describing earlier how you felt this hunger of like oh what is that like take me with you i want to go that is like the essence of like the in-person retreats is just like seeing each other and feeling each other skin to skin eyes to eyes you know just voice to voice no words no concept no mind no story just pure like come on sister let's sing together just singing each other home and you can feel like when the other person is going high when the other person is going low you start to dance with your voices and just really create such an ecstatic union of like we're safe we're safe in this we're at home like of self-acceptance and love and deep vulnerability in it all in the shame and the guilt and the pleasure and all of it it's just so beautiful to be able to like cheer each other on as sisters and just play and sing and just rattle i remember one of the most I don't know, mysterious experiences that I've had with you was that transmission, you know, it's like when you instructed me to like hold this melody and just keep singing this melody that you had taught me. And then your voice was like dancing around mine, improvising around mine. And there was just something in that, that felt like I healed, you know, eight generations of women. <laughs> 
in my line in like those two minutes. I mean, it's like makes me curious. It was just so profound. And again, like I don't literally don't know what a music note is. Like I have no connection to music, to the world of music. I've never played an instrument before. And so to me, it's like, I know you're interested in these Greek terminologies, you know, like anisognosia is like this, like remembrance of what was once known, you know, like that's what this, this feels like to me. And I hear so much in, in what you share that it's not only like a devotion to this divine energy, it's really a devotion to yourself. You know, if you are making love to your squiggliest, most, you know, disturbing, unwelcome, heinous parts of you, that is devotion. You know, that is what devotion looks like. And if it starts here at home, then of course, it's going to be experienced as you know, spreading forth and inspiring and igniting others in the same way. So I just, I love this. I love this conversation with you. And I want to, to end Dominique with what you might offer, you know, as sort of an entry point to this kind of devotional practice for somebody who is, you know, just sort of like, what's this about, you know, who, who thinks of themselves as not a singer and who is just curious, you know, what might be in this space for them, you know, whether it's in terms of integration or healing or self-exploration, let alone really getting to a place where the sounds that come out of their body sound pleasing and feel good, you know, to their own vessel, you know, where might you recommend that somebody start? Do you mm. think? Um, good question. You know, I'd like to challenge this woman I have no idea where to start. When you first wake up in the morning, this has become a recent practice of mine, and I invite you to try this. Very simple. Before you speak to anybody, before you use your voice for communication or for the mundane, wake up, be silent, but be very present with your voice. Just like breathe her in. Feel her in her silence. Feel her come up your belly and your chest and your lungs and part from your lips. Start to create this sort of sensual connection with your voice as if you're meeting a lover for the first time and feeling her in her essence before it becomes the song. And when you're ready, before communicating to anybody, first thing in the morning, devote yourself to your voice as if you're singing yourself into your day you know and it doesn't have to be in english words you know it's hard to conceptualize but you can just wake up and simply put your hand on your heart and just feel her and maybe it can be something like oh i've never done this before and live on that and Good morning, Tom. You know, you can feel what it's like to love yourself through your voice when you first wake up before giving your voice to anybody else for any mundane, typical things. And so you honor the voice when you first wake up as a source for devotion. And you'll find that, you know, when you're speaking versus when you're singing to somebody, there's so much that can be said with less words 
with more tone and more emotion when you're singing to yourself, you know? I sing versus I feel tired today. <laughs> it's like so different, you know? It's like so much emotion and depth can be reached in just the simplest word. So I invite you to just, when you're singing yourselves in the morning, you know, to take one word and surf with it, play with its colors, see how many circles that can make, see how long it wants to go, if it wants to go high or low, find the depth in just one part of your word or your sound and let it really hit you. And you can do that for a minute or five and then just go about your day as you normally would. And if you start to practice that, you know, every morning you can make yourself like a 30-day challenge. Every morning you devote yourself to your voice before anybody else. I think you'll start to really develop such a beautiful connection with her as like a friend or a lover. You are such an inspiration woman. And I am like, you're welcome, everyone, <laughs> for, <laughs> for, you know, this experience of, of Dominique. I'm so, so delighted, you know, that we could be in this, in this conversation and to point people in the direction of the inspiration, you know, that is your self-expression and also introduce, you know, everyone to this path that is for all of us. It is a path for all of us who identify as self-identify as artists or who are, you know, literally working a cubicle job and commuting on the subway. It is a path for all of us to to explore what it, what is possible, you know, through through this kind of intimate relationship to our self expression. So I am so grateful for you to you, and I know that this has been helpful inspiration to so many. So thank you, Dominique. Thank you. So many beautiful prompts. Those were like, yeah, that was gold. Thank you so much. <laughs> beautiful woman. 